motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. So we'll talk about the ringside report, Cal. So I'm going to go through any any news and rumours we've got for this week. Um, so are you happy for me to start off? Or do you want to? Um, you mentioned the point earlier that you wanted to discuss in the news. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to mention that now while it's fresh in our mind? Yeah, um, absolutely. Oh, Adam Cole. Um, That's the one. Completely forgot for a moment what that was. Yeah, That's fine. Um, That's fine. We're off the cuff. <laughs> how we do things so, informally. Yeah. So. Um, so I, I saw I saw some stuff earlier in the week uh, from Road Dog um, that basically he was saying that if Adam Cole um, was the same size of Carrying Cross, then he'd probably be Universal Champion by now. Yes, I remember, so I remember I was, that. Um, so I was like, that's interesting. So um, I had a little look around to try and see, well, what size is Adam Cole? And I believe he's billed at six foot or five eleven, depending around that around that around that size. Um, and the more I've looked into it, and I've seen pictures of him um, against other superstars who are billed six feet tall and he's pretty much to their shoulder. So part of me is wondering how fucking tall is Adam Cole? I'm starting to think he might be actually around like five, eight, five, nine territory. So he might be more in the realistic height territory with, with you and I. Yeah. That's um, right. We're average height. The rest of you is a giant. <laughs> you fucking ridiculous. Well, giant. Ant- Ant- Anthony is a very, is a very manly statured five ten. I am, I am, pu- <laughs> I am pushing five, eight, um, on on a good day, um, but yeah. So I'm 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 interested just to know. Well, how how tall is Adam Cole? So um, I think that that'd be a fair point to introduce our new game show. How tall is Adam Cole? <laughs> um, we'll we'll start it next week. Uh, we'll we'll take bets for the for the forthcoming weeks, and at some point, one of us is gonna have to try and measure Adam Cole. <laughs> I reckon you can. So, I mean, you know, we're all very aware of the twenty four seven title and how these you know the title can change hands at any point in time. You know, Adam, we may crop up when when you when you least expect it. You and Britt may be having a nice little sleep. You may be in the jacuzzi. We may just pop up with a tape measure in hand. You'll never know. Is it going to happen? I mean, okay, yeah, you, we could ask it and you could tell us over Twitter or something. But no, that's not as fun. Exactly. <laughs> Is Adam Cole the same height as Big Swole? We won't know until we measure him. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> So um, yeah, so it's a curious one because, um, like you say, it, it doesn't seem to stack up what the billing amounts. And as we know, WWE aren't necessarily truthful with that kind of thing. Exactly, you know, Undertaker's height has moved around something shocking <laughs> over the years. Yeah, don't be wrong. But, um... Undertaker's massive, no matter what height you give him. <laughs> but he's been billed as a couple of different heights over the years. Well, exactly. But I think um, whether or not he's you know six foot, five eleven, five eight, who knows what size he is, but. What are your thoughts around, you know, Road Dog saying that if he was the size of Carrying Cross, he'd already be Universal Champion by now? Do you think that is the case, or? Um, I think it's not a height thing. I think it's a build thing. I think if he was the build of Carrying Cross, if he looked as muscular and as beast, and don't be wrong, he's in shape, he's muscular, but Carrying Cross looks bigger, doesn't he? Naturally, he looks beastier, and I think that's the kind of thing that Vince loves, and I think Vince would have probably poached him for the main roster sooner. So I do think Road Dog's got a point. I think it's been a blessing for him that he's been able to stay on NXT as long as he has because we've seen people be pulled up to the main roster um, all too soon and then flounder. So it might have been the right choice that he hasn't. But I think, yeah, I think probably had he have been more the build and stature of carrying cross, he probably would have been on the main roster by now. I mean, I don't know. I personally can't wait for the tag team of Shorty G and Shorty C. So Shorty C? 
Yeah, Cole. Shorty Cole. <laughs> ah, fucking hell, that took me too long. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, well, it's coming. It is coming. Uh, not to digress, but it's not something I mentioned too much on the SmackDown segment, so I'll mention it now, right? There's not much height difference between uh, Big E and Shorty G. Did you notice that? No, I didn't even pick up on that, to be fair. Do, do, someone pointed out, right, on Twitter, because I was watching SmackDown live, and when I watch something live, which most of the time, because obviously that means staying up till three in the morning for you and I, most of the time we record it and watch it later. But when I watch something live, I, I, I have a look on Twitter and I try and contribute where I can. You know, sometimes it works. Um, but somebody said, like, put up a, an image of the two stood together and it's like, there's no height difference. Why are we calling him short? You know, just making light of the fact that they're calling him short when he's actually not that short. And then I Googled it. And there's like a one inch height difference. Really? It literally, yeah. Like Shorty G's like 5'11 and Big E's like six foot. You know, it might be give or take because I converted meters into feet or whatever. But there's like pretty much a one inch height difference between the two. And yet one of them is classed as a short guy. That is crazy, <laughs> isn't it? That is crazy. I, I honestly thought because he was like Shorty G, he was like 5'7. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He's, he's actually not that short by the looks of it. He's not as short as some that have been on there. He's not as short as Drake Maverick. Mad, mad crazy but um also i think uh, if they're going to keep shorty g with big e then um kofi needs to then turn to medium k <laughs> just, just to round it out I'm like oh well we could revive the um eugene gimmick and have him be special k <laughs> nice <laughs> nice <laughs> so um yeah so while we're talking about height you know i thought i'd throw that out there there's actually shorty g's not all that short as it turns out he's just shorter than your six foot four people <laughs> Average G. <laughs> <laughs> Probably doesn't have the same ring to it, I'll be honest. It's like, maybe okay. maybe just call him Chad. <laughs> just Chad, yeah. What? Why not? Why the hell not? It's not like we, we go like, oh, look at Tall C. No, we just call you Cesaro. Anyway, um, do you have any more, Carl, or do you yeah, want me okay. to, to run through mine? Fair play. Um, I mean, there's a couple in there that I've added, but you can go through them in whatever order you well, that's good because I don't know what ones I added and what ones you added. So if I'm <laughs> stepping on your toes, let me know because it's been a while okay. since I wrote this. I'll be honest, right? So the next one, TNA. Was this you or me? Stop stepping on me toes. I, I think I think I, I put it in originally. Okay. Before. No, no, I'll let you talk on TNA. I know exactly who you're talking about or one specific one you're talking about, but I'll let you run it. Go, okay. Go. Sounds like you may not may know more about this than I actually do. But I saw I it on the old one. Reddits. <laughs> I saw it on the old Reddits um, that they were mentioning um, that. TNA had released a Slammiversary promo um, and it was basically some guy was sat there looking through um, old footage of former TNA talents, the likes of, um, damn it, why does his name escape me now? Er Eric Young. Um, Eric Young and a couple of other guys who had recently been released from the WWE contracts and basically teasing for the Slammiversary pay-per-view that there may or may not be some returns from these released superstars. Right, okay. So this is slightly different to what I was perceived. Um, so I'll, I'll add the bit in that I thought this was going to be. And, and don't get me wrong, that, that is, um, it makes a lot of sense. The likes of Eric Young, are, that you know, he has been released and it's a logical step for him to make, if not AEW, but I think, to be honest, in some respects, they can't all go to AEW. So, you know, um, one of the main ones I heard, Carl, from this promo was um, actually Rusev. Mm -hmm. And apparently this come from the fact that the promo includes a, um, it doesn't show Rusev in any form, but it includes a Bulgarian flag because I believe there's some sort of potential issue over showing Rusev because he's still technically in his non-compete 90 days and didn't want to cause the issue conflict-wise. Uh, but obviously by Slammiversary he won't be, by all accounts. Um, but I believe the suggestion is that Rusev could be looking to TNA as well. 
like that's going to be a hell of a coup for them, isn't it? Because it's not like the, the the landscape is you know slim pickings at the minute. You you literally have the option of AW, you have TNA, you have NWA Power, like you have Ring of Honor, you have New Japan. Like there's literally everywhere that you can go to. Yeah, and I think I if TNA have managed to get Rusev, like that's that's a big coup. Yeah. Here's the thing: I don't want to dismiss like the likes of New Japan and, and NWA, but. I don't think we should sleep on TNA, you know. I think they're going to be a bit of a dark horse here because everyone's looking at AEW, right, understandably, because we've got, like, the likes of Jericho and Cody and that. We've got the elites. We've got people like the Bullet Club or, you know, people formerly of the Bullet Club. We've got that connection with New Japan. AEW looking incredible at the minute. WWE have always been the behemoth, so they're obviously incredible. TNA, I've dismissed for a while because historically and to their own admission, they've had some really fucking poor control over that company in the, in the previous years, right? It's being ran quite well at the moment and they've got a, an actual really good as far as competitive wise goes they've got a much better women's division than AEW in terms of competing with WWE and um, they are really starting to turn things around and I think if they're going to start signing things WWE might have caused their own problem here because they might actually increase the competition by releasing the people they've released because we're going to get some major talent going I, I can almost guarantee that AEW are going to delay Fighter Fest until after the 90 day non-compete because why not? And then we're going to have some surprises turn up for Fighter Fest. We're going to have some surprises turn up for Slammiversary. And it's going to be just every, all eyes are going to be everywhere on, on the on the three of these now. And that is weirdly of WWE's own creation. They've, they've caused their own competition. But TNA might actually end up in the forefront to the point we might have to start talking about it, Cal. Oh, God, another show. Another show. Another show. Why is Raw three hours then? It's why. For sake. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So just as a side note, it looks like they might have Rusev as well. That I mean, that would be amazing for them. I think um, he he could literally be their next big star. So I think it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we've always. Uh, I mean, he's he's got over without having a good gimmick. You know, people have been clamouring for Rusev Day. People love him, and WWE have never really wanted to push him um, as as much as he should be. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do um, with with the right push, because I think the crowd will definitely get behind him. He's definitely got a lot of potential there. And uh, so I'll move on to the next one, Carl, which I know I wrote because it's... it's um, <laughs> so we've got Matt Riddle moving to the main roster. Apparently not yet. We'll get on to SmackDown. No sign of it. <laughs> um, anyway, so we've got Matt Riddle moving to the main roster. And the question was asked to him as to whether he was concerned about the main roster move and the potential of being buried as a lot of NXT talent has been in the past. And his remarks were that basically Dana White and the like have tried to bury him in the past and it never took... So he's not concerned about being buried. You know, fair enough, confidence, albeit maybe even slightly arrogant. Um, the reason I want to mention this as a news article is because do you think there's a potential naivety here from Riddle? Because bear in mind, he left um, the UFC, I believe, under a bit of a cloud because of too many drug violations. Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong there, Carl, but no, he's right. a man who likes marijuana. He is. Um, he's been in NXT and that gimmick flies. Now, as far as I'm concerned, a larger part of his run has been in this slightly humorous tag team with Pete Dunne. So as far as singles talent goes, I've seen him up against the likes of um, Thatcher last week, and that was an incredibly good match. But I'm looking at SmackDown right now, and I'm going, what are they going to do with him? I don't know why he's not concerned. Like, mm. who are they going to put him against? What storyline is he going to get involved in that's going to like encourage me to watch? Because I'll be pissed off if they throw him straight into the main event scene, and we all just forget about The Fiend, you know? The IC title is basically not going to be an option because it'll only have just been won by somebody, probably Daniel Bryan. Um, 
And if he turns up and squashes Daniel Bryan because Daniel Bryan's like, I'm going to defend this title every week and then loses it the week after he wins it, that's not going to be good. So what are they going to do with him? What what are they going to do with him that isn't going to be like a basic squash because he's actually a fairly reasonably big deal on NXT at the moment? Yeah. I don't know why he's not worried. It's definitely some naivety there, I think. No matter who you are on NXT, they can absolutely ruin you on the main roster. There's no guarantee that you'll be translated and perceived the same way that you've always been perceived in NXT. You know, I know a lot of guys are over on him. He's clearly got a lot of raw, natural athleticism and talent. And, you know, angle angles behind him. You know, he's he's gone out on, gone to bat on him and stuff well, like he's that. He's the one who, um, who actually him. introduced him to SmackDown as well, wasn't he? Like, exactly. He, he, so, he well, I believe he was offered the role to be his manager, but he turned it down because things didn't line up. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, being fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that a little bit, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, obviously, they are they are over on him and stuff, but he's already had some backstage things with like Goldberg and stuff like that. So, yes, yeah, I definitely. I, he's I, also you know, um, apparently again not to sorry not to overtake. He's had some backstage stuff with Gold uh, Goldberg. You've said that with <laughs> uh, Brock Lesnar as well at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Because he's yeah. been apparently very keen to go against Brock Lesnar, and Brock, by all accounts, or possibly Heyman on behalf of Brock, told him it's never going to happen. That's not yeah. great. <laughs> That's not great news. Exactly. So it's it's one of them. He's definitely got every like he's got all the makings to be someone, but I think he definitely needs to get himself in check. And comments like this, he always not concerned and blah blah blah. Like he should be, and he should be very cautious around where his character goes on the main roster because it's not just going to be bro and translate well to the WWE universe as it does to NXT. So he's going to yeah. have to tweak a few things, and he needs to do it in the right way. Like, personally for me, I don't know some people might enjoy him, but personally for me, that stoner surfer guy, I'm not interested. It's not entertaining to me. So as far as his gimmick goes, he puts on good matches, so he's interesting. But as far as his gimmick goes, it's not over with me. But he doesn't no. wear shoes, Anthony. He doesn't the, wear the, shoes. Carl, the stones throw from partnering with a big fucking dog. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's go full Scooby-Doo with it. Why not? <laughs> right. And let's face it, it wouldn't <gasps> be the first time. He partner with the big dog. He could partner wow. with, with Roman Reigns. That's it. That's how we get it. That's it. The big Job dog. Done. Yeah. You're welcome, Vince. <laughs> You're welcome. But um, yeah, for me, I'm just like, I, I'm struggling to see where he'd fit onto SmackDown. That wouldn't annoy me. Like, he's probably going to come in and they're going to introduce him and then someone's going to come out and go, oh, you think you're big, and, you know, and they're going to start some sort of feud off that. But you can't rely on that. He's going to have to ingratiate himself into the roster. And I just, looking at the current roster, I'm like, I don't I don't know where he's going to fit that. I'm going to be like, yeah, that works. To be honest, I'm not sure where anyone fits on the current roster that isn't going to annoy me. So, well, I mean, know, looking at the fucking, <laughs> the, the fucking random wheel of chance that they seem to use for SmackDown bookings, anything can happen. Who fucking knows? And I'm going to moan about that. A lot <laughs> when we get to SmackDown. Right. So the next one I want to talk about, Carl, um, Jackson Riker, Carl, of the Forgotten Sons. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he has put out a tweet uh, recently. Uh, looking at the 2nd of June, he put it out, Carl. Um, and basically, he's put, uh, thankful for the um, presence of the United States, or POTUS, as he's put, you know, the the tag for him. Like uh, and he's put... Uh, yeah, thankful for the president of the United States. We have, God bless America, built of freedom, forgotten no more. Now, this has proved to be somewhat controversial for starters because Trump, by all accounts, uh, I don't, uh, forgive me, anyone who's listening, but I don't really follow the American sort of polit- political uh, motivation all too well. But by the way things have been going, it, Trump seems very much on the, the, the sort of the wrong side of the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, we've had all this incident where he's... Um, He's been known to tear gas people protesting 
in Washington just so he could get his photo up outside the church, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, so it's it's a difficult time to be a Trump supporter, let's say. And um, Reich has come out with this tweet. And on top of that, he's tried to push the, the Forgotten Sons gimmick, as it were, which you could argue is in massively poor taste. And I'm not saying this this fella, uh, you know, it's, it's his choice. You know, America will very, anyone in America will very quickly tell you that they've got their freedom of speech, which they totally have. And, you know, we shouldn't be able, we shouldn't be in a position where we're insisting on silence and someone just because they support a side we don't agree with. So he can by all means support Trump, right? And he can by all means support whatever he wants to support. But the difficulty is that he has now come under fire with other WWE superstars and he's getting a lot of heat backstage because of not so much the comment, although, again, you can have your opinion on that, but the fact that he's used such a difficult time and such an inappropriate time to try and push the gimmick of the Forgotten Sons, that end statement, that forgotten no more, is the bit that seems to be causing a lot of the issue. I think Kevin Owens, Carl, one of your favourites, was the first Mm -hmm. one to point out that this is a really fucking stupid thing to do at this moment in time. Um, and that is paraphrasing. I don't know exactly how he put it, but he he very quickly tweeted back to him. He's just moronic to to put this tweet out there at this current climate um and i don't know where they're going to go with the forgotten sons in in that sense i don't know whether they're going to try and backpedal a little bit or try and just put it off the screens for a little bit because of the heat this has got um but that that Mm. is sort of one of the one probably one of the bigger uh, notable things from the news this week it's a weird one really because the majority i mean i mean the mcmahons especially they are republicans they are trump supporters so i mean linda has donated millions to trump's campaign so yeah. yeah on the surface like to the to the WWE elite or the backroom staff or whatever he's not really done much wrong i suppose if you are you know a massive trump fan but thing know, is, i mean to... they're, they're obviously friends with trump mm-hmm. but friends with them or not they must understand the the difficult climate and they must understand that most of their talent is on the other side of it and i don't want to speak for all of them but most of their talent you know um, are very outspoken about what's going on at the minute and, and very against Trump. Even people like, even former talent like Batista, Batista is very outspoken about his thoughts on Trump. Um, and I'm not saying WWE will side with people just because it's a majority, but you think they might want to distance themselves from controversy because they are, uh, you know, they're in the business of gaining viewership at the end of the day. Um, so friends with Trump or not, do you think this might see an end to, or certainly a hiatus on the Forgotten Sons? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so, but I think if if it starts to become to the point where like they've lost the locker room and everyone's against them, and it gets to that point, then maybe. But I think mm. it's how it's how they react off the back of this. Obviously, Kevin Owens is pissed off, and a couple of other guys are pissed off by the way that they've kind of gone about it. But you know, let's let's see how how it goes from here. I think mm. it's a it's a poor I decision. Think, um, I think in a sensitive time, but. I think that's the thing. And I think regardless of what side of the fence you're on in terms of whether you support Trump, I don't think even the likes of McMahon can can sort of not acknowledge the fact that, you know, trying to push your your gimmick at this point is probably in incredibly poor taste. Yeah. Um, right. So move on to other topics, Carl. Um, so we have a an AEW talent and a WWE talent. Both um, has now been... Uh, mentioned or you know uh, in the news that they are uh, out of action for the foreseeable due to injuries um sadly very sadly for wwe it uh, the first one is jinder mahal um who's having mm. some surgery um and will be out there again they've not disclosed an official time but we're looking at months at least yeah. uh, and then for a man who i think he's had one match and a promo since he come back from injury um there's probably not 
I know Vince has a history, and I'm not trying to speculate, but Vince has a history of like people becoming too accident prone, and he sort of loses interest on them. Um, so hopefully it doesn't damage Jinder too much. But it looks like the um, the potential we had for Jinder coming along as a as a rival for Drew um, certainly seems to not be there in the foreseeable. Yeah, I think that's a massive shame, isn't it? He's, uh, he's been out injured yeah. for so long, coming back into potentially a main event feud with Drew McIntyre, one of his closest friends, to the, exactly. re-injure himself. Is, uh, it's obviously it's hard to take. And do you know what? I was all for it as well. I, I wasn't a big fan of his original run, like many people went, but I was all for this. I thought this was going to be a really good way of getting him back in the main event picture. And it is, like you say, it's a real shame. Um, the other one I've got, Carl, is um, AEW's Press 10, Press 10, Vance. <laughs> Um, all tented himself as um, he's. Uh, I've, I believe he suffered. Is it potentially a pectoral um, injury? But he's again. He's he's another one after to have surgery. He actually this came out because he actually tweeted about the fact that he's on the other side of the surgery now. So I think he's in the recovery side of it. So may not be out as long as Jinder, but um, certainly out. Hang on. Preston tweeted he had surgery three days ago. This was on the fifth of June. Um and he's worked out twice that day and he's oh he's got what makes you so motivated he was asked and it's to make Brody Lee proud so it seems like the they're, they're still working with it from a social media point of view I don't think he's going to be out you know ridiculously long but you know he has had to have surgery and um you know you can't rush these things so um we could see him not on the screens for at least a few weeks um mm. what do you make of that because he was he obviously coming with a bit of steam for the dark order didn't he. That's it. It's, it's another shame, really. It was the first kind of dark order protege or whatever that they were going to push. Yeah, you know, he yeah. was kind of it's certainly a name you remember, wasn't then. it? The rest were all masked people. Where he was someone yeah. who you remembered at least. So it is a shame. Hopefully, he makes a speedy recovery and they can carry on with it. But bad timing on both counts. Now the next one, Carl, um, is me being a victim of clickbait because uh, Forbes, Forbes, Forbes magazine put out one of their news articles on their website that uh, a WWE superstar, you know, he, he could be back. Major WWE star back for SummerSlam, so naturally, like, who could it be? You know, could it be The Rock? Who knows? It could even be John Cena. You know, exciting stuff. <laughs> Former W, you know, uh, no, it's Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar could be back for as soon as SummerSlam. Carl, um, what do you make of that? Do you care? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think He's... this was a really good time for him to take a long break. To be honest, he's not got any feuds there. You know, anything he comes it, back for it has to be built up anyway. So um, it depends on what he comes back for. If he comes back to take the title off Drew, then no bad decision. Don't have him anywhere near that title. He's had it for far too long, and he, he's never here. So if he comes back to have a, I don't know, a match with fucking someone that isn't for the title, then it's like a, like, like a holy shit. We we like must see Matt Riddle. <laughs> well, I mean, fuck it. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah. Um, I would. But, I mean, to be honest, I'd still want him to to just tear up NXT and uh, go for uh, Keith Lee. Keith Lee is having well, a massively yeah. long run with the North American title. Go for him. That'd be that'd be a great watch. Still, still maintain that that little tease we got at the Rumble was great. Yeah, I mean, like I've said it before, Brock Lesnar is is fantastic. He just shouldn't be the champion when he's not working a full time schedule. It's all it is. And don't get me wrong, he adds massive credibility by being the champion. But if he's not there, it just it doesn't have the same effect. So for me, bring him back because he's a fucking huge star and he's he's one of the best. But just don't have him in the title scene this time. Just let him have let him do something else for a bit. Mm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I think absence makes the heart grow fonder a lot of the time, and I think this probably will be too soon. Um, so moving on to the next one, Carl. Uh, in speaking of of Drew and uh, Brock not coming back just to take the title off Drew, um, there's very very slight rumblings here that um, we could see a shock title change at Backlash 
in that Bobby Lashley could take the title from Drew. And that is based on the fact that apparently the pairing with MVP has been cited as done for uh, Bobby Lashley being in the title scene in the fact that uh, similar to Brock, that they want to put him with a mouthpiece. So, you know, MVP was going to act as the Paul Heyman for for Bobby. Um, And the fact that he is paired with MVP now leads people to the suggestion that is he going to get the title and have a title run with MVP as his mouthpiece? How do you feel about that, Carl, other than fucking devastated? (laughs) Um, I mean, I think it's done the job in getting him in the title scene because he is in the title scene, but to be the champ, nah. Yeah. I think Would that be met he, with anything but fucking rage if he wins a backlash? Backlash? Yeah, hundred percent. He's um like I'm I'm okay with Drew dropping the belt ahead of the live crowd return if we get to see him win it in front of a crowd again. Like I'm cool with that. But to drop it so soon and to Bobby Lashley and still not in front of a crowd with no like plans to bring crowds back anytime soon, just not the time or the right opponent. So dead set against it. Hopefully it just means that, you know, he needs a mouthpiece to get into the main event title picture. I believe there's been some back and forth on Twitter actually between the pair of them, which has been quite amusing. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I particularly love, um, I'll make a mention of it, of Drew. Um, there's a picture of that Bobby's put on of him holding the WWE title. And um, Drew's made light of the fact that he's gone and bought himself a replica title. And it's even got the, um, <laughs> I think it had the Rollins uh, side yeah. plates on. And he's even pointed that out. It's, it's all very amusing stuff to be fair. Like he can play pretend if he wants kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but anyone who's interested, go and have a look at their back and forth. It is good stuff. Uh, right, next one, Carl. Um, doesn't need a lot said on this. I just wanted to mention it. Is that CM Punk has um, called out AJ Styles for being silent on the matter uh, when it comes to the um, the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, a lot of people have come out showing their support. A lot of WWE stars, ex-WWE stars, etc., etc. Um, AJ Styles has been radio silent uh, as far as the... Um, any sort of statements um, one way or the other goes. Um, and CM Punk's called him on that, basically saying that if he's not going to... Basically saying that... It not It didn't necessarily direct the original statement to Styles in saying that everyone should make their voice heard. Anyone who's got a platform should make their voice heard. Um, but then specifically mentioned Styles being, being sort of silent on the matter. Um, so a quick mention, but do you feel that because you have that position and that platform that you should make your voice heard Carl or do you think you know he's not necessarily guilty for just not participating no just like you do you you don't have to jump on the bandwagon with everyone else because they're doing it regardless of whatever your fucking twitter following is do you know what I mean mm-hmm. for me if anything punk's just a little fucking attention whore bitch so um, he's I mean notoriously <laughs> he, he likes to it, it is it's an attention thing he likes to be controversial he likes to be outspoken but um, yeah I, I, I take your point that it's like well there, there is choices at the end of the day and trying to for someone into into making some sort of stuff. He might be, we don't know. We don't know what the situation is. He might go, well, does, I can't put anything, uh, I can't say anything that any you know no one's already said or whatever. You don't know what his reasons are. You don't know what side he supports. You're just making an assumption based on the fact he's not said anything. So Well, yeah, it's, like, it, it's one of them. Just because you are AJ Styles, why do you have to make your political or whatever opinion known? If you want to keep it to yourself, like more power to you, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's, probably, he's probably just pissed off the fact that AJ Styles has got the same name as his wife and he only wants it to be one AJ, so <laughs> fuck off, punk. <laughs> All right, so um, next one, we need a bit of context for this. Um, so, and I'll, I'll discuss it a bit more when we come to SmackDown, but there was an odd odd bit in um, in a match mm. on, on SmackDown between um, Sonya Deville and Lacey Evans in which the referee was knocked over and then he, he basically 
he was like, no, told them to stay away, called for another ref and so on, and it cut a break. And we come back from the break and there's a different referee running the match and he was injured. It I took that as, as Ritz because it had no, you know, it had no reason to be a work. It was just an odd stop of the match to replace the referee. Um, so I thought he's, he's obviously gone over on his ankle. He must have hurt himself. And, you know, apparently not. Apparently this was an entirely a work to build suspense or a cliffhanger for the for the break, as it were. So I want to mention that because what the fuck was that? Has that have you ever known that be a work where they go, oh, I'm no. injured, nah, and then they get another referee. They don't even really focus on it all that much. We just come back after the break and there's a different referee and that's that. See, see, for me, I knew straight away it was a work, but I assumed it was going to have some sort of payoff. And the fact that they just brought another referee down and it meant nothing just yep. left me like, well, what the fuck? Obviously, he wasn't injured, so why do that in the first place? See, I um, so, I might have gone, oh, this is a work, had had it have seen like it was going somewhere, but the minute it was like, oh, we've got a different ref, I was like, oh, that must have been a work. That was, that's odd. He went over easy. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was a work. It was an entire work. Like, okay. Bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> Roll the dice on that one. Um, right. So the next one I've got, uh, again, not a major one, but an interesting one nonetheless, uh, nonetheless even, is that um, Arn Anderson has now signed a multi-year deal with AEW. So he's going to be with AEW for the foreseeable. Um, yep. Not worthy that he's obviously a WWE legend, one of a few WWE legends now who will be sticking with AEW for, for uh, they've said multi-year, so they haven't specified how long, but obviously years we're talking now. So that's um, that's going to be a, a quite a while. Um, how have you, how, what have you thought of, of Arn in, in AEW so far, Carl? And are you happy with the multi-year side of things? I, I've enjoyed him, to be honest. I think he's, um, he's obviously, he's a legend in the business. He's been, he's one of the four horsemen, you know, NWA, WCW, WWE for a time. He's literally, you know, he's been there, done it all. I actually forgot why he was fired from WWE. And I only reminded myself prior to this segment. And it was because he let an intoxicated Alicia Fox work a match in NXT while oh, he was really? a road agent. Wow. <laughs> um, and that apparently got him fired. So, you know, it's one of the, I'm, I'm happy he's landed on his feet. Whether or not that was a you know a bad decision or like I don't really know the full extent of it, other than that's what the the, the so called reason was. But thanks, Alicia. <laughs> well, exactly. But yeah, so I, I don't know. It's a bit of a bit of a mad one. I'm just happy he's landed on his feet and he's a yeah. well. Apparently, by um, AW. I couldn't. I can't quote anyone specifically, but apparently, it, like it, it's a big boom for for AW. They're they're more than happy that they can't. They don't think they can get anyone better as far as knowing the business inside and out. Because um, he's not just, obviously, on-screen talent. He's, he's helping backstage. He's, he's, he's working from the creative side of things. He, he's got a lot to offer the business. Um, and, yeah, totally agree. It's certainly a great one to have on board. Definitely. Right, so the next one. Um, so we had this... You enjoyed it. I didn't. I will not argue on it, Carl. We had this weird sort of um, story unfold last week on SmackDown in which Elias was run over by a drunken Jeff Hardy or possibly a giant ginger fella, who knows. Um, and um, apparently the reason Elias was the one involved in that hit and run story is because he has legitimately been injured. He has um, suffered a, a tear to his pectoral muscle and is going to be out for some time. Um, what do you make of this one, Carl? Uh, he looked like he was getting a good head of steam. He beat um, yeah. was it Sheamus. I want to say Sheamus. Might have been Corbin. Beat Corbin. Yeah. He beat someone in the uh, the IC <laughs> tournament and looked like he was he was doing well looked like he was going to start being more of a, a prominent role in terms of the wrestling rather than just the singing gimmick uh, and now he's obviously going to be sidelined for a considerable amount of time um, how do you feel? I feel good for him I, I, I've always seen something in Elias I've, I've always quite liked him he's got he's got the look he's got the build 
you know, he's not necessarily has like the mic skills or anything, but he's been able to get around that with some good kind of character work in terms mm. of his guitar playing, his mic, like his um, drifter gimmick, stuff like that. So, as you said, he's building up ahead of steam, and it's just a shame to see him take a hit. I just hope that when he does come back, it's, um, you know, hopefully it's in front of a crowd, and hopefully the crowd welcome him back, and it's a, the start of another push for him. Yeah, with any luck. Um, sadly, I think the worry I've got is he's he's still quite a young talent and he's not the type of legend in the business who can take that time out and it not damage him. I think he's going to have to put some work in when he gets back now and hopefully the crowd haven't. Uh, right, so the next one I've got is, I've titled this one, The People's President. Uh, and the reason for that is because The Rock is actually now being listed as a, um, sorry, me not work. basically he's been, as a lot of people will know, he's been rather outspoken about uh, a lot of difficult matters in the country or in America at the moment. And, um, you know, he is, you know, he has a similar thing to AJ. He's got that platform and he's choosing to use it to speak out. Um, so apparently he's received a 33.4% of all bets since he was added to the market for um, sort of odds on, you know, favor for, for presidential run or however it works. Now, this isn't Dwayne Johnson saying, hey, I'm going to run for president. But this is just like a speculative thing. But apparently, the people are behind him. If he wanted to run for president, the people would love it. He is the people's president. Um, what do you make of the the absolutely wild idea that the Rock could be a candidate or even the the president of the United States? I mean, it's it's been talked about for a while now. I think he's he's obviously dismissed it a few times, stuff like that. But how fucking cool would that be to have the Rock, President Rock? Like, holy shit. Um, that is yeah, when that I, is when you could that's God bless America right there I'm, I'm totally <laughs> fucking on board for that well exactly I think uh, I mean it's one of them like who would have thought a few years ago that Donald fucking Trump would be your president so who knows is, you know what I mean but, right I don't know if it's a permanent stance right America whether you agree with it or not they made a massive statement by having Trump as president and I don't want to get into American politics and this is not going to become a staple and I don't, I, I don't I'm not even going to entertain people arguing with us if they want to argue with us because we're about wrestling, but I want to mention this, right? That they made a massive statement by saying, no, we're not going to go for the typical political bullshit, and they picked Trump, right? Now, that's fine. They made that choice, whether you agree with it rightly or wrongly, but he was a public figure. He was a celebrity. He was on, like, um, their equivalent of The Apprentice or whatever, right? Yeah. So, you know, that, that in itself said that this sort of thing can happen, right? And then we've already got like people like governor Schwarzenegger and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it's getting more and more like that sort of thing. And, um, it's a lot more feasible for someone like the rock to run for president. Now, um, in that sense, it shows you that the public are willing to vote for somebody who's not necessarily got the political credentials, but are, you know, likable and famous essentially. <laughs> I, I don't it. even think Trump was likable. He was just famous and he got there. So <laughs> I know. Well, you, I mean, you saw it with Schwarzenegger for the California governor. You, you've seen it now with um, Kane as the uh, mayor of Knox County. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like celebrities become the whole new kind of thing that you're invested in more than, you know, anything else. So, you know, it's definitely something which, which could happen. <laughs> you know, for me, I'd, I'd love to see Tom Hanks as, pre- as the president of the United States personally. Tom he's Hanks, He's America's sweetheart, and he, you know, everyone well, exactly. loves Tom Hanks. Who but, doesn't um, love Tom Hanks? He's a legend. Exactly. I mean, if we had Tom Hanks and The Rock as a, a two-horse race for the presidency, then or fucking... we have like President Tom and Vice President Dwayne. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the fucking. I'm trying to think of a, a clever fucking pun on the Rock and Sock connection, but with something to do with uh, Tom Hanks. But yeah, 
I'll leave that to you. You're, yeah, you're, I'm, you're the wittier one. I'm, I'm quickly <laughs> running through Hank's films in my head and I'm struggling to think <laughs> one. Well, we'll come back to that. <laughs> um, the rock and, rock and, the hard Woody connection? What? No, no, sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, no, by no means a realistic, like, The Rock is going to try for this. He's, he's, like you say, he's previously said he's, he's, he's not. But um, he's a public figure. He's outspoken about a lot of these difficult political issues. And um, he's just come into the fray as, as people talking about the possibility. And he's quite a popular option. So interesting stuff um next one i've got is just a minor thing but um we've had wwe have a well we have a, a few different twitter pages we have wwe's official twitter page and we have wwe on bt which i think is controlled by bt and so on like that so we have multiple twitter pages and the reason that's relevant is because wwe have stated a match for tonight actually carl because at the time we record this is tonight's raw um for a rematch between charlotte and uh, asuka Mm-hmm. Um, now they've put that as they've mentioned it's a match it's going to happen the feud's continuing right and we know that Asuka is booked for a match for the title against Nia Jax at Backlash the reason this is a newsworthy thing is that WWE on BT or I think it was BT one of the other pages that is network related rather than um, might have been WWE on Fox I don't know anyway um, I've stated that it is a title match between Charlotte and Asuka, which could have an effect on obviously if they're gonna are they gonna have a title match? Is it gonna be one that Charlotte doesn't lose because they don't like to let her lose, Carl? Um, mm. And could we see the the entire template of backlash change in which it's gonna be Nia Jax versus Charlotte? What's your thoughts? This is a quick one because we're gonna find out tonight. A couple of hours, <laughs> and you'll know. Exactly. Um, no idea to be fair whether it's lost to translation or or what. But if it is a rematch, I'm not sure was. Was the one last week for the title? Mm. Remember? Yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting one. Let's let's see how it all unfolds tonight. Indeed. On indeed. Raw. Tonight on Raw, two women, <laughs> one title. Um, Nia Jax injuring people. <laughs> one injury. Maybe that's why. It's like now let Charlotte do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, next one I've got is um, the potential abuse of power i suppose from wwe in that um because they've now got this weird platform where they control the audience and they control the performers and everything's pre-taped there's been um a couple of examples where uh, kevin dunn who is one of the backstage uh, i'm going to say producer he might have a different fancy title because he's been there for the time and he's quite high up as far as it goes anyway kevin dunn has um piped in and, and told them to reshoot things or change things. Um, we've had one previously, which I won't go into too much detail because it's not actually part of my news article, but it shows you is that they've come in over the over the PA or whatever and told the audience to be more enthused because they can because they pay them. <laughs> That's the kind of shit we're getting, right? The two I've got for this week are MVP is cutting a promo and he refers to the people in the audience as NXT talent. And then lo and behold, pipes in over the tannoy or PA, whatever you want to call it. Kevin Dunn telling them, you're going to have to redo that because they're not NXT talents. They are performance center talent or whichever. Okay. And he tells them to specifically change the way he's referred to that. Made them reshoot it again where he doesn't refer to them as NXT talents, which is surely just a minor bugbear. See, I'm, I mentioned this last week where um, I'd read something around them not being referred to as NXT guys, but, but, but performance center guys. The whole kind of fair brand thing, making it seem like yeah. You're a performance center until you make it onto that brand. So that's interesting that they've actually done that. Yeah, like they've gone out of the way to make sure he didn't make that. Mm. They didn't go, well, we'll forgive that. You know, they've, they've made him reshoot it and they've got the ability to do so now. Yeah. Um, and then the second one was uh, there's a, a match between Otis and Baron Corbin was being taped. And um, 
they made them reshoot some of the match because they wanted more spinebusters. <laughs> Legit, okay. like it needed to be more spinebustery in some way. Um, and yeah, again, another one. I, this was actually just not long before we started recording this that I actually saw this on um, on what culture. I'm not so, being funny, you know, but, for, but for fucking Kevin Dunn to get, have the audacity to tell anyone to reshoot anything when all that guy does is go from fucking camera cut to camera cut to camera cut. Did, did you see that? Have you seen that thing? I'm not sure which match it was. Um, it's like an episode of SmackDown or something where I think he had something like 42 camera cuts in a 30-second clip. That guy really? is fucking mental. He's yeah. gone like over the edge. He's crazy. Yeah, and to be honest, a lot of the... Um, like I've I've mentioned and I'll mention again the frustration when AJ Styles um, was introduced in the Royal Rumble and we, we spent more time looking at um, Roman Reigns. Exactly. That is not the fault of Roman Reigns. That is the fault of one Kevin Dunn who yes. chose not to cut that camera angle over to AJ. Fucking stupid shit like that, man. Yeah. Um, so like you say, who's he? Who's he? <laughs> but yeah, so you know, the, the WWE now have the ability because they control the audience and tell them, be enthused, love this guy. <laughs> and um, And they can just stop and change things as they want. They can literally go, no, that match needs to include this, you need to carry on with that, or no, you need to change your promo, just on the fly. Um, and sadly, I think they're loving it. I don't, I don't think they're loving I don't. I can't see them being interested in genuine live audiences for a while, because it's much no, easier to do it. got all the power to make them do whatever they want. Yeah, and now Roman Reigns will always come out to cheers. <laughs> yeah, because exactly. No, cheer more, cheer. cheer more, yeah. Oh! <laughs> um, yeah, so that'll be interesting. And I believe, I'll kick it over to you, Carl, because I think the last one's actually yours. Yeah, so so this last one was just one um, that I saw before, which I just thought was absolutely shocking. So apparently Zack Ryder's come out and um, said that the the scene, or that the dream scene that was filmed between um, Mandy Rose and Otis and the previous week's SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So apparently um, Chelsea Green, who is the girlfriend of Zack Ryder, um, so. yeah. basically came out uh, and spoke to Zack and was like, I've just got off the phone and they just asked whether or not they can film a segment for SmackDown in our pool. And it was actually Zack Ryder's pool um, that got used to film um, Otis and Mandy segments, which would be fine, right? So he's he's local in the area, so that's fine. It would have been okay if they hadn't just had the fucking audacity to fire him weeks before. So you wouldn't think, you think tact would stop them from doing that. Like, holy shit. Like, I know fair dues, 90 day compete clause, clause, whatever, and he's still, you know, but fucking hell to be like, yeah, just let us film in your house. Even when he was contracted to them, he didn't have to film in his house. (laughs) Jesus. So I just thought that was, that was a whole new low for me for doing degree that like, he just fired, yeah, but do us a favor, mate. Let us come and film a scene with someone who's got less talent than you and your missus. Um, and we'll just come and film you know it that, in yeah, your pool. You know that guy we're booking as a bumbling oaf that we just love for some <laughs> unnecessary reason. We want him, so uh, can yeah. we use your pool? So, yeah, holy shit. I just yeah. thought that was a whole new low. I had proper feel for the guy. Yeah, that's that shocking. Isn't it? That is, that, do you know what? That's classic Zach Ryder. Right? He's been booked in storylines where John Cena stole his girlfriend while he was incapacitated in a wheelchair. Yeah, You know, this is almost a real-life version of what's going on. It's like WWE have gone, yeah, sorry we split up with you, but can we still use your pool? Exactly. He's like, mm, okay. <laughs> so that's uh, that's the ringside reporter, I believe, Carl. It is. That is it done and dusted. Awesome. 